You're listening to Talking Buildings, the podcast related to all things about the built environment. Here's your host, Paul Angus. Many of our listeners will be hearing from you for the very first time, Richard. So let's set the scene. You're at a networking event, you're working the room and meeting every individual listener that's listening to your voice right now. So let's hear your elevator pitch. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for uh, inviting me onto the podcast. If I was meeting someone for the first time, I'd tell them that um, we deliver technology to suit the overall experience and objectives of the way they want to run their business. We deliver that across precincts, cities, buildings and fit outs, focused on things like education, defence, mm-hmm. health. Yep. Terrific. Alrighty, so maybe you can tell everyone a little bit about who you are, you know, um, what's your role and what's your responsibilities, Richard? Thanks, Paul. Um, yeah, Richard Morrison. I look after our technology advisory practice across Australia and New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, the role is really um, focused on our clients' biggest challenges, and um, it's it's quite exciting because the technology field changes generally every six months. There's new technology, there's new opportunities, mm-hmm. uh, and new exciting things to talk about uh, with our clients. Nice. And what about your responsibilities? Do you be part of a team or...? Yeah, so I lead a, a practice of 30 people across Australia and New Zealand. I've mm-hmm. got some really good um, uh, diverse people in that team, uh, people who lead functions like cybersecurity, physical security, mm-hmm. technology, audiovisual, digital buildings and smart cities. Awesome. And are you getting involved in just work in Australia or are you doing, is it global or how does it work? Uh, look, technically my role is just across Australia and New Zealand, but mm-hmm. um, over the last uh, 18 months, so I've got to contribute uh, a lot to projects in the Northern Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. I've worked in um, uh, Saudi Arabia on two projects, one uh, for Alula, which is their first UNESCO site. So uh, this time last year, I was uh, in the desert in Saudi Arabia looking at telecoms infrastructure and how we can take a, um, a, a community mm-hmm. who were living in mud brick houses into a, you know, basically a global tourist destination. And then following that project I got to move on to NEOM which is Mm -hmm. um, an exciting 170 kilometre rail link um, Mm -hmm. with a a, a bridge across to Egypt, um, high-speed freight, high-speed rail, uh, eight new cities, airport, um, working and providing all of the transformational technology and smart cities out of Australia. So really exciting uh, work in the Middle East. Fantastic. That's great. So today we're going to talk about the future of work then, yeah? and um, all about choosing your next commercial building and digital workspace. So, shall we get straight into it? Yeah. Sounds good, Paul. Yeah. Uh, look, it's been really ex- interesting, um, you know, 18 months mm-hmm. uh, through the pandemic. And, you know, in this age of work from home, what we're now starting to consider is what's going to reunite your team back at work. Yeah. And, you know, is this really a good time for you uh, or your client to move? You know, do you have a great workplace digital strategy and what's working for you? Um, you know, what's what's beyond uh, uh, at your workplace currently, what's coming next and how buildings are going to respond to pandemics and bushfires. Mm-hmm. And so they're the sort of things that we think that um, you know, are really driving the, the return to work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think companies are always looking at creating a, a safe workplace that provides a sense of place and either mirrors or reinforces the corporate culture and values. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, now more than ever, companies are considering what that future of uh, work looks like. Some companies have returned um, and they've, you know, been able to crystallise around a a certain methodology, you know, uh, maybe three days a week Mm -hmm. um, and maybe it's two days a week from home. Maybe it's more flexible than that. Um, some companies haven't necessarily returned to work yet, but mm-hmm. um, it, it's a really exciting time. So as we conceptualise plan and design buildings, we need to be bold. We need yeah. to create uh, an ecosystem that goes beyond the convenience of home mm-hmm. and we want to reinforce why we come to work. And generally we see that as around collaboration and socialisation. And so that's really reshaping the workplace. Mm-hmm. It, it's away from workstations and yeah. more to collaborative spaces. Mm-hmm. And how do you how do you go about um, planning for the future? Because it's always about future proofing with your work line of work, isn't it? So you're always you're always looking for the next the tomorrow's world, isn't it? I guess so you- it, it is, and, and I think there's a couple of things that that you want to really start with, and and you want to look at where where you're currently at. I think mm-hmm. you know the, the current state's a really Im- important piece of, of mapping. You know what have you spent on technology and how you people using technology mm-hmm. uh, is a really important place because yeah. you you want to move people from where they are to to a future state. Mm-hmm. So in creating the future state, there's a couple of key things to think about. The first is working with an architect or an interior designer, and that's to create a a new environment for your team. Mm-hmm. And so you know it's really exciting now with the way interior design is done, um, you know, they can ingest the social um, media and email of an organisation and work yeah. out what business units are talking to what business units and mm-hmm. where, where should they be seated and yeah. what neighbourhoods might create collaboration. Mm-hmm. The other one is really can you manage your workforce in your current premises or will a new change suit, you know, the the need for social distancing, you know, maybe the, the needs... Um, or, or your current workplace just is not that compelling and people are mm-hmm. staying away or they're staying in a work from uh, home capacity because there's nothing really in your workplace for them to mm-hmm. to, to draw them in. That's right, yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we often consider what does the return to, to workplace, um, you know, really mean. That leads nicely into my next question, Richard. In order for workplace to be compelling, it obviously needs to be reinvigorated, revitalised and repurposed of course, with a magic sprinkling of digital engineering on top. So does this play a big part for developers in new commercial buildings? And if so, how exactly are they responding to meet the end users or even the tenants' needs for tomorrow's digital world? They are. And, and you know, some of the things from a, a, a tenant perspective, you know, they're looking at the tenant journey. Mm-hmm. It should be touch-free. You know, yep. you should be able to come through a building and not have to touch in on race gates yep. or at lifts, mm-hmm. um, even through, um, you know, the use of amenities that might be end-of-trip facilities and bathrooms on floor. Yeah, yeah. They're looking at, um, you know, the con- concept of an integrated workplace and mm-hmm. by that we mean what, what's the benefit of working in a, in a particular building? Are you able to mix with other tenants? Is there a... Uh, a tenant lounge, is there some sort of business facilities, um, you know, their combined meeting rooms, mm-hmm. um, you know, is it a destination, does it yeah. have integrated retail? Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are the sorts of things that we see people looking for. Mm-hmm. The next one is really biophilic design, so that integration of nature into the design of the building and okay. giving it a, a, a living energy, uh, something that's restorative, um, you know, part example. of that. Um, you know, it's gone from the old green walls into sort of more spaces that are, you know, restorative, uh, lighting, 
You've got, you know, a range of different nature. You might have uh, a winter garden, mm-hmm. for example. So okay. they're the sort of things that we see coming yeah. into um, commercial spaces. Yeah. It's almost bringing the outside in, totally changing the dynamic of the workplace. I love it. We've also got building services and, and you know, we've seen two things over the past couple of years. You know, we, we've seen a need to have a mode for bushfire, mm-hmm. you know, where we've got huge smoke plumes, we want to be able to shut down air conditioning systems from taking outside air for a period. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And then also in pandemic mode, we want to make sure that, you know, for those premium tenants that don't want to mix their air, perhaps, mm-hmm. um, for the risk of uh, infectious diseases, we want to be able to shut down air from, um, you know, or have uh, 100% outside air for each floor. A number of tenants probably find themselves locked into long-term leases and don't have the luxury to relocate to a new digitally engineered building. However, fit-outs are changing too, right? So what are some of the key aspects that you're experiencing? We're also seeing fit-outs changing too. Mm -hmm. And some of the key aspects of what we're seeing, um, you know, really, and this is where I guess um, my team um, and, you know, the wider technology consultants get involved is around creating a workplace digital strategy. And so, you know, really working with um, your interior designer is important um, to deliver that next generation of technology. So we'll typically um, assist our clients through a process that might be six months in advance of where they start to consider their workplace moves Mm -hmm. or working with an interior designer. Yeah. And, you know, a great strategy will cover things like end user technology. And, And traditionally we've thought of that as audio visual Right. You know, but when you go into a meeting room, what are you expecting to see? How how is your technology going to integrate now with um, you know, whatever your web based conferencing platform is? It might be Teams, it might be Zoom. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, are you able to get enough collaboration spaces in Mm -hmm. your existing tenancy. So maybe you need to remix things and get rid of some workstations and create some more um, collaborative spaces. Mm -hmm. The other area is around personal technology. And Mm -hmm. and this is something that I think corporates should look at um, from a perspective of, you know, are everyone bringing in, you know, now I guess, uh, you know, there's mobile devices, tablets, Mm -hmm. um, you know, bring your own device. Yep earbuds, over-the-air headphones, a whole range of different devices, you know, yeah, around yeah. that personal technology, mm-hmm. what will you be providing versus what you're expecting people to, to be able to bring with them? Mm-hmm. We're seeing Wi-Fi as really a primary network now. You know, as we have a mix of work locations in the office with wired uh, connectivity, we really have less of a need for wired. Mm-hmm. But what happens when Wi-Fi goes down? Does your building have great mobile phone coverage? Because people might need to switch over to that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, or is there secondary Wi-Fi network provided maybe by the landlord? Mm-hmm. We're also looking at Teams collaboration devices and wearables in the workplace. Um, they're the sort of things that I think people really want to consider as part of their workplace digital strategy. Yeah, for sure. Because you want it to be seamless as well, don't you? Be able to walk into a room with your laptop or your tablet or your phone or whatever it is and be able to go into Zoom or Teams or whatever it is. Yeah. And, and, and the great thing is now not many people may know is that there's a Bluetooth handoff device. So in every room, if you're on a call on your headphones, mm-hmm. as soon as you walk into a room now, it will hand off to the, the room audio system. Really? Okay. So, you know, really easy uh, to, to deliver those sorts of solutions. They're mm-hmm. very new. So yep. that's only, 
you know, um, you wouldn't have put that into a design maybe two years ago and now yeah. it's, it's something that uh, would be uh, expected. And so as we've moved to, you know, new forms of technology, it's a really good time to mm -hmm. refresh uh, what you're delivering from an end user technology perspective. Mm -hmm. um, my view is that um, you should really be looking at refreshing that every three years now. Some interesting aspects to consider there, Richard. Thank you. It's giving us all some food for thought there. You mentioned a few times now the phrase workplace digital strategy. So what exactly makes a really good digital strategy? Look, the first um, area is vision. So, mm -hmm. you know, you need to align those business and digital transformation goals. Mm -hmm. So you want to clearly answer why you want to overhaul your work environment and okay. and really what we see is that the goal is to increase employee engagement and productivity yeah um you know and that can be as simple as you you want to deliver uh employees an ability to have an experience that they can't experience at home okay a lot of corporate cultures formed in the office mm -hmm. and the ability to give them experiences that they can't get at home yeah and that's collaborative experiences and a lot of people look at that it, their big town hall uh, breakout environments yeah. they might be some uh, interactive gaming yeah. um, it, it may be you know the ability to have some immersion mm -hmm. where they're able to get together with clients and mm -hmm. have you know 10 to 20 people immersion in whatever their yeah. their workplace is and that's really where they pick up the corporate culture yeah yeah it's a really important isn't it aspect mm. yeah because you, otherwise you're just going to be because it's too easy to work from home isn't it actually everything's yeah. there and it's actually probably sometimes in nine times out of ten it's better you know for people with their you know the digital absolutely and if it's better then there's no need to and and yeah. the, you know if there's no transformational experiences at work then there's mm -hmm. no need to necessarily come into the office 100 percent, yeah so the next area is strategy. So mm -hmm. you want to establish a roadmap and a blueprint for coordinating the, the workplace initiatives across all business units. And okay. so you want to be able to ask multidisciplinary collective, you know, how will you exploit various technologies? Mm -hmm. And so this is something that I think all businesses should consider. Most deliver a standard capability across an office. Okay. Mm -hmm. So everyone has, you know, two monitors, a workstation and a keyboard. Yeah. But each business unit and group is different. They have different needs. And this is where, you know, the working from home model is mm -hmm. they've been able to go home and use whatever technology they felt like they needed. Maybe it's two 4K monitors, you know, yep. maybe it's a gaming keyboard, maybe it's a stand-up desk, yep. maybe... Um, you know, maybe they like working in a in an office with lots of plants around them. And so yep. that flexibility that they have at home mm -hmm. is something that businesses should consider bringing into the office and saying to teams, actually, rather than we tell you what technology you need, you mm -hmm. make some decisions uh, within this range of technology will support those, those yeah. different options. I get it, yeah. Uh, the other area is personas. So employee personas are a critical component of any digital workplace, it helps um, establish baselines for uh, staff work streams. And so, mm -hmm. you know, an HR team may need something different to a sales team, for example. Okay. Yeah. So we want to use metrics to understand how people are using technology, how people are using the workplace. And we should assume that each team is different. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to improve the um, employee experience. And, and a, you know, a really good example in public life is um, Minister Dominello at the moment um, in okay. New South Wales. And he's been transforming the way we interact with the New South Wales government, yeah. looking at just paper processes and mm -hmm. things that don't make sense, you know, having to 
people to come into service New South Wales to process things when really it could be done through an app. And mm-hmm. so you really want to rally your IT troops with your real estate and yeah. facilities managers to create smart workplaces that make it easy for people to have a good experience. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, the next one is around organisational change, and this is a slower moving element, but it's something that, you know, when you're refreshing an office is a really good place to to start, you know, that digital workplace um, transformational change. You yeah. know, what do you want people to be doing? How are they uh, working? How mm-hmm. are we interacting? You know, and if, if a workplace change is a good place to, to make a start on that. Yeah. The other areas you want change management leaders, so people who can anticipate and migrate, uh, you know, technology, mitigate obstacles before they become problems. And Mm -hmm. a lot of those are around check-in of desks and, you know, am I going to get the right desk? Am I going to be in the right neighbourhood? Yeah. You know, because what you don't want to do is reinforce old norms. You Mm -hmm. want people working, you know, collaboratively together in teams. Yeah, for sure. If you let it become a, just a f- bit of a free-for-all, then, mm-hmm. you know, people are creatures of habit and they'll just go back to their, you know, their uh, yeah. uh, the ways of and norms of the past. You're on a roll, Richard. So what about staff retention by integrating new skills, processes and training to, you know, familiarise or assist staff to understand and navigate around the new technology? Uh, you want great training. Um, you want to look at processes and, you know, many Many business processes could be better. Um, you want to see, you, you know, how to deliver better information to people. Um, uh, you want them less time, um, you know, to find information and more time actually acting on information. Mm-hmm. So looking at, you know, some of the newer technologies around AI in your workplace, mm-hmm. um, you know, robotic technology, um, you know, very simply, and, and we've we've recommended this into um, a number of different workplaces. Mm-hmm. You know, particularly educational campuses and things. You yeah. know, robotic glass cleaners and robotic okay. cleaning machines, and they're all yeah, getting yeah. very very cost efficient these days. Uh-huh. And so they're the sorts of things that just can make a real difference in people's, really cool. yeah. people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I guess you know the the last thing is it's not really around technology necessarily. So some of the best things can be free. You know, you should look at no tech and then low tech and then tech. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, some simple things can be really um, really compelling for a workplace. Yeah, uh, and that and that's the sort of thing. So look, in summary, it's just a blueprint. The you know the proof lies in the execution, and so it, it's really you know the best digital strategy is something that you live. Yeah, and getting getting people to pilot things and try things and go, no, well, we tried that and it, and it didn't work in advance of executing across the workforce is really, you know, really important too. Yeah, without a doubt. So it sounds like actually speaking to the staff or the employees, isn't it, and getting feedback is crucial is in, in this instance as well, isn't it? That's yeah, it. it's actually, you know, sometimes you speak to people and they'll give you a different opinion, but if you give them three pieces of tech to try mm-hmm. and say, okay, here's some over-the-ear earphones, here's some earbuds and here's... Um, you know, some wired headphones, which one are you going to use? And yeah. you, you find the wired headphones will get left in the drawer. Yeah. But if you give them um, a contribution to buy whatever tech they want to use for their, you know, say unified conferencing, then they're mm-hmm. going to get a better a better uptake and a better outcome. Yeah, yeah. And do you think um, the future is going to be like, like when someone says to me about the future um, of, 
meetings, like I'm thinking like holograms and things like that. Is that is that coming? Is that on its way? That text already actually available. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Holograms on the desk have been available for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think people have a fundamental need to to connect with each other. And mm-hmm. you know, reading some study material on what people lose on social media, you know, yeah. why people feel, you know, if they're isolated, is there are there are two things that. Uh, a fundamental to a face-to-face meeting mm-hmm. that that you cannot recreate down the end of a uh, a digital call, and that's mm-hmm. uh, it's called pupil lock pupil. and resonance. Okay, and yeah. um, there is a chemical reaction that happens in the brain when your uh, eyes connect with someone else. You're and my eyes now, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> you got pupil lock right now, absolutely, <laughs> and 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 your voice. And those things are what um, bonds us Mm -hmm. chemically in the brain. And Mm. so I think that face-to-face meetings, particularly, um, you know, at the start of a relationship, you know, Mm -hmm. when you first meet someone and at key points along the way are really important. And so I don't think they'll they'll go necessarily, but I think a lot of the routine meetings will stay online. Yeah, totally. I know what you're saying there. So because, like, if you're doing a Teams meeting or a Zooms meeting and you're presenting, for example... You can't read the room. You can't see what, what everyone's reaction is. Whereas if you're in the room with them and you're talking to someone, you can tailor it to up or down depending on what the audience sort of reactions are. And you can't do that with Zoom. And look, I think the margins of the meeting are also as important as the meeting. And that's mm. the pre, pre-part of the meeting where everyone comes in and talks about the football or yeah. whatever their favourite sport is for a period. And, and yeah, you yeah. get to know someone a little bit more deeply than just purely in the meeting. And yeah. then after the meeting mm-hmm. about, you know, maybe some of the things that came up in the meeting and how people feel about, um, yeah. you know, those sorts of issues and whether there's actually anything that they'd really like to talk about that yeah. um, they, they can't or don't feel comfortable raising in a formal situation. Exactly. It's just human interaction, isn't it? You just yeah. can't just do that, you know, digitally, yeah. can you? Okay, that's great. So um, how has the pandemic changed the way people work? So tell me a little bit about this more from your perspective. Well, I think people were first, you know, forced to work from home and business mm-hmm. had previously been sceptics about, you know, work from home and were yeah. thankful actually that in many places they had the tools and technology to make this work. Yeah. Because I think if it was 10 years earlier, we may have seen a huge productivity cliff. Um, and while, But whilst we had the tools and technology, the process of collaboration wasn't quite there. Mm-hmm. So there were a multitude of methods that generally involved over-communication. I think that was the initial response. People yeah. were checking in every day and we were having, you know, all sorts of <laughs> death different by, calls. Death and, by Zoom, wasn't it? It was death yeah. by Zoom. Yeah. But, um, you know, some of the tools I guess I enjoyed working with for the first time were, were things like Mural. Okay, um, what's that? It, it's a way of running a workshop where you have multiple people contribute to ideas and concepts and mm-hmm. think of it like a digital whiteboard but, you know, people had post-it notes and, and you could set oh, up okay. a mural um, and have people collaborating all around the world. We actually ran a session on um, smart cities in Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. um, with our team from the US yep. and uh, we had people in, in Saudi contributing okay. and people from Australia contributing and it was really oh, cool. an interesting way of, of, of collaborating and so you know a lot of tools really came mm-hmm. that were already there pre-existing yeah. mm-hmm. you know a lot of them used in software development yeah. came into the office and and okay. started being used so and is that like an add-on to, to like teams and zoom or is oh, it's a, a standalone application but it does it does plug into teams oh, okay um, wow mm-hmm that that was sort of really you know our first initial response and then mm-hmm. businesses realized that we could we could work from home effectively yeah. 
So Richard, do you see this as a motivator for tenants to move? Yes, I do. I think tenants coming to an end of a lease will be looking for a new product, um, you know, which is a multitude of responses to what they're looking at they, they think they need. The first is space. And I think what we've seen, even from our perspective at AECOM, mm-hmm. um, where we looked at um, that you know, people do want to work from home. It is a yeah. new norm and a certain percentage of their week will always now be work from home. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't think we needed the same amount of corporate space across the globe and so we dropped some space. Yeah. So I think people's space needs are changing. Mm-hmm. Um, some, uh, I think, tenants won't drop as much space perhaps and they'll mix it all into meeting rooms and others others may. But yeah. um, it, it really depends on where you're at with the activity-based working mm-hmm. uh, journey. Yeah. The next is really around client engagement. So mm-hmm. how many customers are going to be coming to your office and uh, how do you want that presented and how are you going to work with them? Yeah. And, you know, if you're in an office that's 10 years old, mm-hmm. for example, you may not have, you know, really good client meeting facilities and you might want to bring those up to date. Uh-huh. Um, you know, how are you going to engage your employees? Do you have a big town hall space? Yep. Do you have, you know, an area for them to um, get together and celebrate their successes? Yeah. You know, how are your tenant, you know, communities? Are there is there ability to connect with other tenants in your building? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and again, that, that might seem, you know, in the past, no, really there wasn't. But, yeah. it, you, you know, increasingly I see that as a desire of people wanting to connect with other tenants in their own building. Um, what amenities do you have? Do you have great end-of-trip facilities? Yeah. Um, you know, what's the sense of place? Is it a destination? Is your office a destination for people? Do they feel proud of coming into your office? Yeah. Um, what level of biophilic design does your office have? Is it very sterile? Is it is it got a, you know, a lovely area for people to sort of, um, you know, have lunch, for example? Um, the other two areas are really new. And, and the, the second last is cybersecurity. We are seeing a lot more... Um, cyber security issues. So yeah. um, keeps uh, appearing in the news, yeah. isn't it, every now and again? It, yeah. it is. And a lot of that, um, you know, isn't talked about necessarily, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's really key for new buildings are, are built to a different standard than our old buildings were. And, and um, we want to make sure that, you know, whatever technology we provide, um, it isn't a weak point, you know, in the building for our corporate systems. Yeah. And then the other one is how does it support your digital strategy? So mm-hmm. if you've got really good engagement with your employees now, mm-hmm. then you might say, okay, well, I'll remix my current premises. But yeah. if you're looking at creating a really a new way, a new um, you know beacon of bringing people back into your office, it's yeah. probably time to consider a move. Okay, wow. Um, can I ask you a silly question? So a lot of your work that you're doing is designing for the future, so, but when you're in design stage, you know, and going through up until construction, the pieces of equipment or, you know, the digital um, equipment that you're sort of specifying could be superseded, couldn't it? So do you have like some sort of way of overcoming that or, I mean, how does that work in your field? Yeah, we, we call it a design refresh and, okay. and you do a design refresh just before the point of procurement. Um, oh, right. So if you're in a three-year or a five-year project, mm-hmm. um, you still need to get to a, a level of, of um, you know, certainty about what you're delivering. Yeah. But what you don't want to do is miss the latest generation of products. Exactly. Yeah, that's what so, I'm about. Yeah. yeah, 
just before the point of you, your contractor implementing, you want to just do a design refresh yeah, and, yeah. and we find that works because that'll be about 18 months out before cool. the so text installed. So then you've got the opportunity to um, actually sort of change the equipment that's been specified based upon what's available at that time. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And it doesn't mean you have to change your budget necessarily, but, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's something available that's cool and yep. going to deliver, you know, some better functional output and maybe you want to spend a little bit more money or maybe it's just yeah. the products are now cheaper. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And a lot of it must be, I mean, when I, when I think about what you guys do, it's more, it's more sci-fi, you know, a lot of it's like stuff that you see in films or, you know, um, you know, reading about in books, isn't it? And then it's like, we're just talking about holograms there and you're telling me it's already happening and I didn't know that. So yeah, is, look at, are there uh, any other examples of that? Kind yeah, of look, at a lot of the robotics technology is um, what we're starting to see. So, mm-hmm. you know, maintenance using robotics where you don't have to have people access mm-hmm. um, is something you're starting to see in, in most projects. Drone access is something that you're yeah. starting to, you know, really start to see mm-hmm. um, uh, as well as some of the small artificial intelligence uh, type. You know, if you look back two years, how many people were using um, voice on their smartphone mm-hmm. um, uh, versus now. I mean, are you getting Siri to make calls or send text messages or make notes? But certainly yeah. I'm seeing that on the rise. And so, mm-hmm. you know, similarly, we're going to be walking into meeting rooms and um, our meeting will just come up and yeah. it will start, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, so those sort of things should be expected. Okay. And is there other emerging technologies that could be transferred from other industries? So I'm thinking, I don't know, um, it could be anything from astronauts in space to submarines or you know, that can be transferred into the workplace environment or building services environment? Uh, there, there are. Mm-hmm. It really depends on what part of the, um, you know, the building that you're looking at, you know, whether it's a base building or whether it's a fit out. I think, um, you know, it's certainly worth looking at as part of the the process of design and we'd be certainly happy to help you um, with some of those future gazing technologies. Nice. So where can people find out more information, Richard? So there's some really good... um, uh, opportunities. You know, the first would be talking about uh, to key developers, um, you know, about their upcoming premium buildings. There's a, a number of buildings that are being built, um, Sydney, Melbourne, Queensland, mm-hmm. um, WA, New Zealand, Auckland, yeah. where they're completely renovating um, uh, the the future of office. And, mm-hmm. and that premium or ultra premium product is, is something that um, you know, if you talk to the likes of Movac, you'll get a, a fantastic view of, um, you know, what the future of um, Office looks like. Yeah. Some other areas, you know, that we've developed a book, The Future of Office, Next Generation Workplace Design. Um, so the lead author is Nicola Gillen. That's published by Reba. Mm-hmm. And that's a great place to start. Um, and probably the last area is talk to a, a, an IT consultant like Acom, <laughs> who can provide a digital strategy. You know, it's something that you really want to get well in advance of considering a move. Nice. Nice little little plug there at the end there. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And of course, the SIBSI Digital Engineering Series has been produced in order to assist the built environment supply chain in tackling the practical challenges of digital engineering. The main publications in this series are freely available to members of SIBSI and the Society of Digital Engineering. Check out the SIBSI website for more details. So we're going to do something a little bit different now. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah? i just like to mention to everyone listening that Richard has absolutely no idea what's about to happen next. 
We're going to play a game. We're going to play Kazoo That Tune. The objective of this game is very simple. I will simply kazoo a tune. And all you've got to do is name the tune or name the band or the singer. Pretty simple, right? And if you want some bonus points, all you have to do is kazoo that tune, Richard. You're going to play it back to me. So let's play kazoo that tune. You want to try? Oh, this is brilliant. Okay, so I've got some cards, and simply I'm going to look at a card, I'm going to play the, I'm going to kazoo the tune, and then you're going to either say it or you're going to kazoo it. Okay, so I'm going to start off with a really easy one. Are you ready, Richard? I'm ready. <laughs> oh, shit, I can't do it without smiling. Queen, we are the champions. You gonna, are you going to kazoo it back to me? <laughs> oh, this is brilliant. Okay, here we go. Number two. Chavi. Which song? Living on a Prayer. Correct. Are you going to kazoo it? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one. I think you're going to get this one. We should probably just do it together. Are you ready? So I'll start. I'll start and then okay. you can just join in. You're very good at this kazoo thing. Uh, do you know what it is? Sounds like Michael Jackson. Oh, no, it's Ghostbusters. <laughs> can you can you do the end I'll bit? I'll try. I'll, I'll, do, I'll just do the bit in for you. <laughs> oh gosh! There we go. Right. You ready for the next one? Is anyone coming? <laughs> Any ideas? Eskimo Joe? No. Cotton Eye Joe. Cotton okay. Eye Joe, yes. Wow. You were so close by Rednecks. Um, let's get another one. We could do this all day. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> no idea. No clue. I'll do it slower for you. No idea. It's Tom Jones. What's new, Pussycat? What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> That's an education, Paul. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Thank you.
Do you know what that was? Sounds like Mariah Carey. It's close. No, try again. Whitney Houston. Yes. Which song? And I. Can you do it? You can do it. Oh, this is brilliant. Okay, let's just do one more. Ready? Indeed. Isn't she lovely? Stevie Wonder. That's it. Well done. Big round of applause. Woo! <laughs> did you enjoy that? I did. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thanks for being a great sport, Richard. Um, it's been great having you on the Sipsy podcast, um, Talking Buildings. And um, it's been a brilliant pleasure talking to you today. So thank you for coming in. Thank you very much for inviting me, Paul. Thank you. Until the next time, this is Talking Buildings. I am Paul Angus. Thank you. You've been listening to Talking Buildings, a Sipsy Australia and New Zealand production. You can download previous episodes or subscribe to future ones by searching Sipsy Talking Buildings. That's C-I-B-S-E on your favourite podcast app.